0: Well, hello there. Welcome to episode fifteen of Teaming with Possibility. Episode cans. <laughs> I'm doing far too much French on Duolingo at the moment. Cans French for fifteen. Um, <laughs> this is Teaming with Possibility. I'm Simon Dowling, um, and uh, welcome back. This is the episode, or this is the podcast, I should say. Where we think about all things related to how do you make groups work really well? How do you lead teams? How do you create team dynamics? How do you harness the collective genius of groups of people? And I think therein lies one of the most wonderful challenges of leadership in any organisation. And that's what we play with here. Um, This is season two, and you might have tuned into our last episode where we talked all about finishing strong which was the idea that as we head career perhaps towards the end of 2023 as we record this it's um we're you know in the last weeks of November how do you make sure that you and your team finish the year really strong don't just peter out don't just fizzle out and in fact finish in such a way that sets you up for success in the next year 2024 and of course that conversation applies not just to years but could be the end of a project the beginning of a new one could be the end of a quarter the beginning of a new one could be before you go and leave coming back from leave so whenever you're listening to this that principle applies and we I thought why not today actually play with I think a really important part of both finishing strong and setting yourself up for success in the next period, whether that's the next year or whatever it might be. And that is, are you ready for it? Meetings. Because I tell you, I mean, as much as all all together now, let's groan, Uh, like meetings is the topic that is just done over and over again. And yet I reckon 2023 was the year when I heard people complain about the quality of their meetings more than ever. And that's saying something. And I'm talking particularly at leadership team level. Leadership teams who suddenly realise the way they are using their time generally, but in particular their time together, quite frankly, sucks. And this, therefore, I think becomes a really important question because what we know is that a poor use of meetings, whoever invented that concept a poor use of our time together when we come together, perhaps the choice to have meetings in the first place can be a massive drain on people's energy. Certainly their time can lead to overwhelm, can lead people spending far too much time in conversations during the day rather than doing anything meaningful or productive or creative with their time. Uh, and in fact, can lead to a huge amount of wasted time because we spend time in meetings, gatherings that don't achieve anything meaningful at all. And perhaps if anything, just water down the kind of value that we might have been able to achieve working alone or maybe in even smaller groups. So this theme is, I think, really worth every team. And my invitation to you is to have a look at this as you perhaps move into your next phase as you set yourself up for a fantastic 2024 so how do we reinvent the way we do our meetings and I actually think this is the sort of thing that every group every team should do a little audit of on a regular basis um Dropbox uh the digital company um was famous for their concept of a meeting Geddon which is many years ago now not that long ago but A little while back, they were famous for everyone rocking up to work one day and being told that uh, their IT team had basically wiped the system of all meetings in their calendars, all recurring meetings, and that no one could in fact reset them for, I think it was like, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. As a way of basically saying, go back to the drawing board and redesign the way you do meetings generally. And I suspect that for a lot of teams has become even more important post-pandemic when we went into a phase of being in lockdown and perhaps because of lockdowns and working virtually perhaps for some people for the first time it forced us to maybe overcompensate by trying to stay connected through online meetings, Teams, Zooms and the like or, um, or overcompensate for the fact that I couldn't observe you doing your work and so therefore I, you know, as a manager perhaps thought the only way I could possibly keep tabs on what you're doing is to just regularly have meetings online and they maybe created a, a, a fixture that since now feels more like a hangover. So this is the sort of thing that I reckon is really worth a look at, you know, a Meeting Geddon from Dropbox, a company that did a similar thing inspired by Meeting Geddon is Asana, which is together another online, um, online collaboration tool asana great great platform to use but they came up with meeting doomsday which was basically the idea that on this particular day all meetings would be wiped and you would have to go back to the drawing board and reinvent with certain criteria in mind so what a great opportunity for your team to sit down and say let's wipe the slate clean and redesign so that the way we do meetings or don't do them for that matter is fit for purpose Um, I talk as though everybody hates a meeting, but in truth, I reckon there are a good number of people in many teams who love a meeting, whether they love the opportunity to talk and just hang out in a room with other people, whether the meeting is actually a really good one, a purposeful one, and so they find it really valuable, or, and let's be a little bit honest about this, there are some people who love the protection, the shelter, of meetings. In other words, I can avoid having to do hard work alone or hard work that requires me to sit and wrestle with a problem by sitting in meetings, which for all intents and purposes is going to send a signal to the world that I'm productive. I'm a good team player because I go to meetings. No one could ever be criticized for that, could they? So I wonder whether for some people in some situations and maybe yourself, maybe your team meetings are actually a soothing technique, a soothing that we're doing good work. But in fact, you're not, you're not. So what does all this mean? So, but in basic terms, I reckon, here's your opportunity to get together as a group and say, hey, let's reflect on the year in terms of, you could do a number of reflection points, but one of those themes should be how we use our time together, our flow, how we roll as a team, and in particular, how we use meetings. And let's not go into the next year, the next quarter, the next project, simply rolling out the same pattern of meetings that we've become dependent on. Let's do something a little bit differently. And to do that, heres I I think there are five simple questions that you should be looking at every meeting through, every need to meet, every pattern of meeting. And those five simple questions really boil down to five P's in particular. Uh, And I'm going to talk through those in this episode and try and do it pretty quickly and be useful about it as well. But I think this is an opportunity not just to look at each meeting in turn, but actually to look beyond the cadence of particular meetings and instead just look at the full set. What are all the reasons that we meet? What are all the needs that we have for meeting? What are all the habits that we have of having meetings? And reviewing that at a wider level, not just analysing individual meetings one by one. So to look beyond that. Um, and here's another invitation. And that is to think of this conversation, not so much about, um, the usual theme here, which is, are we irritated by meetings? Do we waste our time in meetings? Are we, um, you know, being unproductive about meetings? They're all important questions, but here's another little angle on it. And that is, My wish for you as a team in 2024 is that you become a fully powerful team, an empowered team. I'm a bit careful about that word because empowered by whom, but that you are a team that assumes and takes its power, its ability to do things collectively, to do things together, and to make a real impact in your organization, to make a real impact in your market with your customers, to make a real impact for each other in terms of the work that we do together. And if you want to step into that space, and I reckon this is the best invitation for every leader, is how do you create a team of people who collectively are powerful? They're not responding simply to you and your power, waiting for direction and order, but they come into that organisation, they come into that workplace with a full sense of our agency, our ability to make a difference. And if that's the case, how do we make sure that meetings don't strip us of that power? Because I reckon that is one of the most insidious effects of meetings, is that they strip teams of power. Because what happens is typically one person calls the meeting, or the meeting has just been called forever and ever. No one really knows who designed it in the first place. And so we turn up as passengers and we respond to maybe the questions that we're asked. We respond to the agenda. We respond to the debate, maybe. But otherwise, we sit there for a lot of the time, a passenger of a meeting. And you could not get anything further from a powerful team than that. So teams that hum really need to step into this place of being in, its, in their power collectively all the time. Um, And meetings can't be allowed to strip us of that because it becomes then a learned helplessness that people experience, not just in meetings, but it can then infect perhaps the way we relate generally in our team. So how do we create that powerful team for the year ahead? So I think the first question is maybe to just step back and look at the bigger question, and that is what are all the reasons that we meet? Why do we meet? What are the the reasons that we either choose to come together or just do currently come together and just get those all out, maybe on a Google Doc or on a bunch of Post-it notes or on a PowerPoint slide, it doesn't matter, but just collectively brain dump all of those and think about all the existing meetings and say, what do we seem to be trying to achieve in all of those different things? So let's audit... The purposes. So that's the first of our piece here, which is the purposes for meeting. And in fact, let's now, now that we thought about and audited those existing purposes, independent of what forum they happen in, is to now allocate and to design all of our meetings around productive purpose. And I love this idea of productive purpose because productive purpose says, what is the reason that we would come together? That's the purpose element here. And the reason has to be much more than just an activity. So productive purpose, for example, can't be to review the status of our project. That's just an activity, review the status. What's the purpose? Is it to make sure that we are all on a shared, have a shared picture of what that purpose is? Sorry, that status is. Is it to identify problems so that we can troubleshoot them and put our heads together? Um, is it so that we can align around a message to report into the board at the end of the month? What is it? So the purpose is the problem that we're trying to solve, the gap that we're trying to bridge, the value that we're trying to create, and it's a productive purpose is the now the, the, the criteria it has to meet. Does it feel like that is useful and what form will that take? So productive purpose is usually articulated not just as the question we might be trying to solve or the problem we might be trying to solve, but also the, the output that will be generated to indicate we've kind of achieved that thing. So um, if it's to identify um, problems within the project or identify our top three most pressing um, challenges in the project and make sure that those are reflected in the project log that is then submitted to the management committee at the end of the month. Uh, or to make sure that we have a clear next step for how we can address those and we've got project teams allocated or crack squads allocated to identify and tackle those problems so you can see now what we're trying to do is to identify what the core purpose is of each of these meetings um, and how it how it passes if you like the the productivity test really important way of thinking about this and There's, I guess, different schools of thought about what makes for the purpose of the meeting. I think if you use this question test, what's the question we're trying to solve or the um, gap that we're trying to bridge, I think that usually helps you get there. But again, it can't be a topic and it can't be simply an activity. Of course, at the same time, something like to um, connect as a team and to um, build relationships and trust, that can also be a purpose. The question might be, how do you turn it into a productive purpose? Um, and it might be that by the end of these sessions, it should just feel like we know each other a little bit better than we did when we came in. Um, or by, by the end of these sessions, it should, it should feel like we all understand the challenges that one another is facing better than we did coming in. Or do we feel like there's a higher level of vulnerability between us, a higher willingness to ask one another for help than there was at the beginning of the meeting? That's what makes it productive. And what that, I think, allows us to do is to think in a much more um, fit-for-purpose way about how do we achieve that rather than simply trotting out a whole bunch of icebreaker team-building type activities that bear little or no resemblance to what it is that... Uh, we're tri- really trying to do. So rather than just playing silly games or quizzes or whatever it might be, which might be fun, they don't actually get us to what we're trying to do here, which is the building of trust or the increasing of vulnerability. So productive purpose allows us to think of those things. So that's the first of our P's, which cheats a bit, right, because it's a double barreled P, but can never go wrong with a double barreled P. But the next question that gets you to think about is people. And that's the question of who do we need in the room for that kind of conversation, to achieve that purpose. And that's very different from who could be in the room, which is like, well, just invite everybody and then hopefully we'll have the right people there. The people question forces you to think a little bit more cleverly around who do we need by virtue of their skills or who do we need by virtue of experience or perspective Or relationships within the organisation? And then let's identify who fits that bill. So rather than just saying, you know, the usual cast of thousands will get invited, it's thinking very carefully about who are the right people that fit the purpose that allow us to be productive. Um, And is there a difference between core invitation, the people that we really need, and optional invitation they're welcome to come if they want to just be curious or they've got nothing better to do with their time that's a useful distinction again for i think most meetings to make it does force you too to think doesn't it about um what are the roles that those different people play when they do come to a meeting like are they coming because we need them to make the decision together with us with each other are they coming because we need to know their concerns or their points of curiosity or the the, the issues that they anticipate as problematic because that that kind of input or consultation is going to make sure our decision is a really good one or are they coming along simply because are we inviting them along simply because we want to make sure that they learn that they are fully informed that they understand and that's not just a one way monologue at them, that's an opportunity for them to ask questions, to work through a couple of examples, to um, do a case study together, that sort of thing. So thinking about not just who's needed for the purpose, but what's their role in that is a really key piece as well. And there are lots of frameworks around to help you think through that. Um, The one I had in the back of my mind as I was just talking then was this idea of are they coming because we need to inform them, educate them, Um, Are they coming because we need to consult with them? We need to get their input before we make a decision. Or are they coming because we need to decide together or negotiate? In other words, to work out the answer together. We can't do it alone. Okay, so we've got productive purpose. Then we've got people. Let's go to the third, (laughs) which is, um, in fact, I'll cover off the, the next three together. The next three together are plan, participation, and preparation. So plan is what is the plan for how we will best run these meetings? What's the plan for these meetings? You know, whether that's how long we run them for, whether it's what's the best forum? Do we do it online? Do we do it in person? What's the agenda? How do we best structure this? Do we allocate time? Like, do we spend the first half of the meeting on the connection, the bonding, the trust building? Do we spend the second half of the meeting on doing a deep dive into key problems, um, so thinking of that meeting design and structure is really important. But then the, the next of the piece, which is participation, is really key, key here. How do we plan this? How do we design this in a way that not just allows participation, but expects it? I've talked about this idea before many times, which is the problem with a lot of teams is that, and particularly meetings, is you've got two or three people who kind of hold... The microphone and they dominate the conversation but are they in fact ensuring that everybody at the table contributes to the conversation why would you invite them if you didn't need them to either voice an opinion or to help shape the outcome or to ask a question and so how are we going to design this in a way that ensures they do those things and Just stopping at random intervals and saying does anyone have any questions or does anyone have any thoughts on that is probably not going to be enough in a lot of cases. So how do we design this meeting so that it meets its productive purpose, so that it makes best use of the fact that we have this group of people sitting around the table. It ensures their participation in the way that we need them to participate. And that brings us to the final P, which is preparation preparation which is how do we make sure that we rock up prepared so that this is not a bunch of people sitting at a table going okay what were we here for and how do we best do that and use half the meeting trying to find our way in to the conversation when perhaps the best way to have set this up in advance was to get people to do some of that thinking in advance as well um so Maybe it was a case of giving them three or four key questions we want to tackle and to pose their initial responses to that or come prepared with their responses to that. Or maybe the question is actually, help it, the, the the preparation is to ask people to give some thought to what is the question that we need to solve here? What is the problem as you see it? When over the last six months have you seen examples of this issue? Come ready to share them so that we together can develop a really good understanding of the problem we need to solve in the first half of this meeting. I reckon that takes us to a bigger question with all of these, which is if we then, you know, if you can imagine, first of all, you've brainstormed all the purposes, all the reasons we feel like we either currently are meeting or want to be able to meet, then you now shape these into specific forums um, channels, context, meetings where we want to be able to achieve that purpose, and then we bang that into shape using those five P's productive purpose, people, plan, participation, preparation. Um, that allows you then to also maybe, as you do that, to step back and go, In fact, are some of these not meeting worthy at all? Do we even need a meeting? Uh, could this simply be done by email? Could it be done in any way that is more asynchronous rather than synchronous? In other words, we don't all need to be in the same room at the same time, uh, in the same place, online, in the same meeting room. That's the synchronous version. Asynchronous could be, well, someone puts together a presentation and records it and sends the recording around. Someone writes up an email and shares those thoughts in advance. Someone creates a collaborative Google Doc or Asana or Trello board and sets up a frame that people then contribute to before we attend the meeting. In fact, maybe it obviates the need for a meeting altogether. And so thinking in that creative way, where's our opportunity to perhaps eliminate the coming together piece at all? I wonder if you and your team sat back and started to think about these questions, how much time either you might save yourself a team as a whole or maybe individuals within it who are being invited to more meetings than they need to be or to what extent this doesn't have to be by the way about saving time to what extent does it actually uncover unearth tap into the hidden potential in your team to actually do much better stuff in those meetings when we do come together The simple example being rather than using all of our time to, you know, move through status updates on our project, we instead by the end of this will have done a dive, a deep dive into one or two sticky problems within that project, tapped into the collective genius around the table and come up with a solution that is so much better than what any one person could have come up with by themselves, no matter how senior or experienced that individual might be so that to me is the real purpose of meetings and so what we're trying to do is to free up not just time per se but free up the way we use that time to get towards the value how can you do that and how can you set yourselves up as a team for that in the new year 2024 or beyond that's my little challenge to you and i wonder what that might Lead to. It seems like a very familiar, perhaps even obvious conversation to have. How do we do our meetings? And yet, the thing I am constantly stunned by is how infrequently teams do that in any meaningful way. And I'll, you might even ask yourself, what's the blocker on this? Is it that it feels like no one of us owns the overall? cadence or rhythms of meetings because there's so many individual meetings within it so it seems presumptuous to start that conversation is it because meetings are kind of by default or de facto owned by And someone who coordinates and administrates them? Is there someone in your team who looks after the calendar invitation of meetings and the formal flow of minutes and agendas? And so it feels like that's their domain. In which case, get them involved. Ask them for their input. Ask them to contribute to the conversation. But please, let's not go into... If we're finishing strong and we want to start the next period strong, let's not go into that next period simply clicking over and ticking over the usual rubbish meetings that so many organisations are cursed by. That is my secret Santa for you if you are in fact coming towards Christmas or whatever it is um, at at whatever time you are listening to this. Let's get that piece right, please. Right... That is it for this episode. As always, I really love to hear from you. So email me at podcast at simondowling.com.au. But perhaps the most valuable thing you can do is you think if you think this is a a useful, a valuable podcast, if this episode has been of any value to you, please do leave a rating. Please do leave a comment um, on your podcast channel, your favorite spot, because it just helps the rest of the world to discover that this exists. Otherwise, it's just our best kept secret, which I love. But also, we'd love to get the word out there. Okay, cool. That's it from me. I shall see you in our next episode. Bye for now. Take care. Go team. Go team.